Hello, everyone. Welcome to Collisions YYC Current and Critical. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. Thank you for joining me today for another good old-fashioned chat. Today's show is brought to you in partnership with Clearmotive Marketing. Thank you to my business partner, Chad Croker, and the entire team who worked tirelessly behind the scenes to make this show a reality. As a founding partner at Clearmotive, I'm excited to announce the official launch of our industrial marketing system. As a company with 15 plus years of experience with a variety of clients in nearly every sector, we identified that industrial manufacturing companies were underserved. You have unique needs, and we have developed a unique skill set to help you succeed. If you build and sell a product that helps other companies, we have developed an industrial marketing system to get your highest priority product in front of your ideal customer profile in less than eight weeks. Gardner recently reported that your buyers are 87% of the way through their buying process before contacting your company directly. That means it's never been more critical to apply the right marketing process to create and close more deals. Our three-stage industrial marketing system helps you shorten your sales cycle by using modern marketing tactics designed specifically for your industry and more importantly, for the way your clients like to buy. Stop sitting on the sidelines wondering which part of your marketing is working and put a system in place that makes it easy for your most valuable prospects to find you and get excited about your solution to their challenges. To find out more about what ClearMotive's industrial marketing system can do for you, please check us out at www.clearmotive.ca IMS, or better yet, open up your email and contact me directly at tyler at clearmotive.ca, T-Y-L-E-R. I'm excited to chat with you and put a plan in place to get your most valuable leads contacting you and not your competitors. Hello and a warm collisions YYC welcome to two guests on the show today. We don't have two guests on often, but when we do, we're pretty excited about it. We've got Shelly Kuypers and Salima Shivji. Shelly, you are the co-founder and co-CEO and a returning guest of on the show of The 51. And Salima, you're the executive director of The Movement 51. So before we go any further, I always like to jump in the little uh, elevator pitch elevator. <laughs> if anyone who hasn't heard about you, which I'm quite sure many have, Shelly, tell us a little bit about what the 51 is all about, what you guys do in the world, and then we'll pivot over to the Movement 51 and the work you're doing, Salima. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thanks for inviting me back. I guess that's a good sign. It is. Um, yeah. Um, the 51, uh, you know, we call ourselves a financial feminist pl- platform. Um, and so, you know, some people are like, what does that mean? Um, and so <laughs> what that means is that uh, we're bringing together community um so again anybody can be part of the 51 uh we focus on activating you know capital for those that would not otherwise be able to access capital uh and then we're really focused on building amazing companies Uh, but all of this is being done with uh, a gendered lens so the co-founders of the 51 uh, we saw the statistics many years ago they haven't changed for many many years Um, in fact some of the statistics got worse Uh, but we were primarily inspired by three statistics maybe four uh, funding to women uh, women women-led companies uh, women participating in the ecosystem as funders themselves and then the backdrop of all of that is um, women are set to control 65% of the wealth by 2030. Mm. And I think it's 50% of the wealth by 2026. So uh, it is an imperative that women get involved uh, in our future. Um, and so we often say at the 51, uh, we are investing in the world we'd like to see. Yes. Be the change you want to see in the world. Um, yeah. You said some of the stats that have gotten worse. Any that jump out for you? Because you got me on that one. I want to know about those. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so venture funding of women-led 
um, companies in North America, uh, we're at 1.8%. Uh, so we've gone backwards over the last three years. So 2.2%, so which is the number on yours. Yeah, exactly, right? That's so really interesting. That's a significant decline in terms of yeah. like numbers. Yeah, and PitchBook just released these new numbers. Uh, Salim was there. They did a presentation to our community. Uh, and we were like, what? Okay, it's just, it's getting worse. But that being said, uh, you know, the 51 is really focused on the opportunity of that. So if we can activate different capital, um, and if we can get different people involved in the investing decision making, uh, you know, we will invest in different people. And so that's the whole goal of the 51. Would I oversimplify it to say that, because I appreciate you guys play on both sides, on, on activating capital and getting capital into, into play in the venture space, specifically in that asset class, but also in empowering and educating, which we'll get into in a little bit, uh, female-led startups. So I'm hearing that number and I'm thinking that means there's maybe, even if there's more female-led companies, there's maybe not enough female-led investor in, in funds or investor dollars, so that gap, because that would make sense to me that a female investor would be more comfortable or certainly more apt to not have that neg- that bias that maybe a group of men would. And I don't want to pitch it that way, but that's, yeah. the, that's the easy armchair math on my side. Totally. Yeah. We invest in what looks like us, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We say we don't have biases as we roll out our days filled with them (laughs) and our cognitive biases are looking for confirmation not to to be attacked. But that's a philosophical side, which we'll get into a little bit with some of the work you're doing. Uh, Thank you for that, Shelly. Salima, over to you. I feel like I'm a real, I'm a a talk show host here, uh, which I guess maybe. Uh, Tell me about the Movement 51. You are the executive director over there. How long have you been in the role? And again, we're in the elevator, so it's your your elevator ride. Tell us all about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, So just building on what Shelly's just said, So the Movement 51 um, was established as a not-for-profit organization, um, really, as you've mentioned, um, Tyler, to kind of enhance the education component from the financial acumen, as well as um, the education platform of uh, of the 51. And one of the differentiators, or one of the comments that I just wanted to add to it is, when we look at education, um, like you said, that there's an education gap from an investor perspective, so um, it, through a gendered inclusive lens. And then there's also um, education um, and confidence building within the entrepreneurial world, again, from a gendered inclusive lens. So Movement 51 has taken an umbrella approach on how to support the education from a financial acumen perspective from both those angles, investment as well as entrepreneurship. Um, Thinking about education across the board, whether mm-hmm. wherever you sit in kind of socioeconomic, when I hear non-for-profit, I tend to go immediately, oh, these are for individuals that maybe typically don't have not had access or that have been kept out. Is that socioeconomic or is that still just like we're starting with gender first and then we're broadening it out to no matter where you sit kind of in that, that echelon? Yeah, that's a really interesting perspective um, and, and good insight for us as an organization to take back. But um, for us, we are as inclusive as um, we need to be. This is where we build community, as Shelley mentioned. So the community is, is it 19 or 20,000 right now, Shelley? You guys have always impressed me with how quickly, well, there's the old saying, there's nothing more powerful than an idea who has finally has come or is maybe getting the right energy behind it, that you guys have built a fantastic community. And you're right across, that's right across Canada, correct? Like that's, that's not, I know you guys are based in Alberta and this is very Calgary centric, but fundamentally this is not limited to geography. This is to anyone who wants to get involved, correct? 
Yeah, and we've got community members from the rest of North America as well as Europe. Awesome. Um, so yeah, when we look at the education component of the, of the community aspect or the building the community of the 19,000, it is as diverse and as in, we try and be as inclusive as we possibly can. Um, so it does include all levels of social economic um, as, as status as well as um, those that do have access and are using this um, education aspect in order for them to enable them to activate more capital. Um, okay. So I'll just get into a quick, I know that, um, yeah, I'll just get into the lab that we've currently had um, going, which is the Financial Feminism Investing Lab. Okay. And this lab is started off um, with um, the University of Calgary as our academic service provider. So we've got uh, a lab that focuses on specifically at this point, um, our first course is early stage investing. Okay. So it allows um, participants of um, all genders, uh, and um, yeah, all genders to be able to come in and experience learning about early stage investing um, from all aspects of it. So um, we, we, we talk about, you know, what does the legal due diligence look like? How do you screen companies? How do you access capital? How do you um, build on whatever base in terms of investing that you've already started with? And if you haven't started with any investing, um, what the landscape looks like from an early stage um, investment perspective. Um, specifically at this point, we focused in on Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, but our participants okay. come from across. So this is, to be clear, and I'm, the question I want to ask here is like, so this is, these are groups that have access to capital, but they're very unfamiliar with this invest, this venture class. They're like venture class investing. They're not sure about it. So I'm curious with that, what, I appreciate because you're putting the you're putting the, the fuel in the tank, which is the funding to get to. It. What do you guys see in terms of the gap between that side versus the amount of startups? Like, if I've got the pile of money, do I have enough startups, or is there so many startups and not enough money? Because I know that's always a balance, and that's a conversation that's had in Alberta many times. <laughs> uh, it was a very common question, um, and I love that that you asked that question because when we got the fifty one started back in March twenty nineteen. Uh, you know, one of the most common questions was, was there enough deal flow? Is there enough women-led companies? And we were like, come on. Yes, there <laughs> is. And so as soon as we put out the sign, per se, on the 51, uh, like we have been overwhelmingly in contact with uh, founders from across Canada, from the U.S. and globally. Um, you know, we are... Uh, with our current fund structure, we're limited to investing in companies uh, in Canada and the U.S., but okay. there is investment opportunities, just like there are uh, prospective investors, right? So, Tyler, if I go back to what I said earlier, we're trying to change where the capital is coming from. We're trying to change who's making the capital decisions, and then we're trying to invest in those that are not being invested in. And I think just the declaration and the specific invitation out to the market around those three aspects has hundreds of people putting up their hands. Awesome. Okay. Um, and I think it's just because there is a systemic, you know, uh, system right now that is not highly inclusive. That being said, uh, we're not anti that system. We're just saying, hey, let's just build side by side with that system mm -hmm. uh, and build the financial feminist economy. 
Well, it is the entrepreneur's perspective. I saw a niche, I saw a gap, and I filled it with opportunity. I'm not saying everything else that was already being taken care of is good, bad, or indifferent. I just saw that that was leaving some space for this to exactly. like really neutralize it from exactly. a right, wrong, good, bad, finger-pointing exercise. Because you're yeah. right, we need all of the things. <laughs> we need inclusivity. We don't need to say this is good, this is bad. We need, we need exactly. it all. Exactly. So talk to me about your first, so I think February, of course, I'm doing my professional creeping. I'm online, and I'm curious about the OSIF funding you guys got, which we'll touch on in a second. But your first cohort, the pilot cohort, was launched in February 2021. I have a poor recollection of time these days. I'm going to blame COVID for that. But that was about a year and a half ago-ish. Who is in that group? Like, talk to me, like, the, the makeup of those individuals. And, like, how long was the actual, was that first program? How long did that last? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and it's a great question because we've evolved over time. So we've run three cohorts since cohort one. Oh, okay, Our cool. first cohort really focused on accredited investors. So those um, under the regulations that fit a certain threshold in order to, have, to be accredited. Over time, and there was um, 35 participants in our first cohort. Okay. Um, our second cohort had 45 participants in it, and we expanded the funnel to include accredited investors and, uh, and aspiring investors, nice. as well as those that want to be part of a financial feminism community. So it, if you think of a pie chart, what we've done is we've grown the pie chart wider, such as to include those that are aspiring investors, self-accredited investors, as well as um, those that um, want to be part of the financial feminism community and want to have the right terminology or the right confidence level or the right um, examples to use as they build their own investment um, thesis and well, it also it often feels like a secret language if you don't know it and that alienates like any industry if you don't know the three-letter acronyms you already feel like you're not part of the room i love that you guys you know i've had a lot of conversations on about the democratization of investment and let's take gender out of it the incredible like the world of it of of this private investing it's so discriminatory from the get-go that it doesn't let the average canadian or north american take part and then you bring gender into it and creates a whole nother layer of, of problematic so i love that you opened it beyond accredited investors but i think of the outcome or the output you take 35 accredited investors that all of a sudden become empowered and educated about a certain area that can have a mount a monster impact <laughs> like each one of those individuals can move a needle or a bunch of needles for that from that perspective and yeah. what was the third cohort? I jumped in. I'm, I was excited. Uh, I love the way you've evolved that model to be so inclusive and solve multiple problems, not just a gender-based problem. <laughs> yeah. So the third cohort included uh, 30 participants. Of that, like I said, the funnel got wider, as well as um, we had two individuals that actually uh, qualified for scholarships. And so there was two organizations that approached us and um, said that they would like to do something in order to enhance this program. And so we offered out scholarships, and those were two women who had recently graduated from university that were getting into early stage or were working with people in the ecosystem, um, in the venture capital ecosystem that have then qualified to be able to access both the learning but also um, the scholarship aspect of it. So that was one um, really awesome um, additional bonus that we've got out of it in the third cohort. Um, in addition, it was the first time we ran a spring cohort. So now we've, we've started figuring out what the best um, timing is for people um, because these are busy people, you know? So <laughs> The old joke, if you want something done, ask a busy person. I'm sure that applies right. to almost everyone in your group. Yeah. Uh, how, so long, how, how, long is the how long is the course? Yeah, the course is um, about eight weeks long and it's okay. asynchronous and synchronous learning. And by that, I mean 
Um, it's since it was um, conceived over um, uh, COVID, we stuck with the uh, online way of learning, and um, some of the sessions are are recorded and they are provided at certain points um, in order for the participants to li listen to them at home at their own pleasure prior to the next session, which may be a live session. And by live, I mean an online platform that we use in order to okay. accommodate for that community. That's where really the community is built. The um, interaction between the participants happens as well as um, the opportunity to have a more in-depth and, and um, free-flowing dialogue between the participants and some of the experts that come in and speak about the, the various topics that they've been um, well, I love the to. model and so much I've had so many friends do their MBAs and they're like well yeah I learned a lot but the people I met the connections that I created the networks that I got tapped into and now I know someone in Toronto that does this or someone from Bangladesh who does that that's such a huge and I know community is such a big part of it and you, it's so easy to take for granted a community when you have it but when you're on the outside yeah. of it and there's always, there's always something you're on the outside of. How do you get in? You have to, like, sooner or later, nothing much in life happens without a relationship somewhere al along the way. As tech-savvy mm -hmm. as we become, even this, I've met all of you in person, and yes, this technology is great, but it's hard to supersede. But they, to me, it all layers on top of each other. So to hear that you're building it out that way, to me, it makes, well, I love it. It just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, And, and there's no not? barrier anymore. I don't have to take eight weeks and fly to Calgary and live in a hotel room while I'm still trying to run my life and raise my kids or run my business or all the things that, let's be honest, the life is busy and messy for all mm -hmm. of us. And one additional bonus that we've um, really focused in on and has really worked, and I'll let Shelley speak about the impact of that, is um, an additional bonus to you know doing your MBA and then going out to the workforce on your own is that there's been a really fluid um, a form that you take the course or you come in through the 51 and then take the course, but then as soon as the course is done, you have the ability to activate your capital um if you so choose and if you're in the means to do so and join the 51 financial feminism community and so i'll, I'll let shelly kind of touch upon the you know the, the ability to activate one's capital as soon as the course is done or during such time because i think that that's the magical aspect of how these two organizations along with others in the ecosystem kind of work together yeah and i um i love that because uh, our two organizations are very synergistic, but we're also just very synergistic with the broader ecosystem. So, uh, yes, we will have graduates from our program. Um, and then we have graduates from three cohorts. So that alumni community is growing. Uh, but we intend um, and have uh, started to follow up, follow our graduates over a longer period of time. Okay. So yes, they might activate capital with the 51. <clears throat> Great, uh, we love that. Um, but we want to see them activating capital in the broader ecosystem, right? So become an angel investor in the community that you belong to. Um, perhaps invest in other venture funds. Champion and, and support a founder uh, that you admire in your community. Just get involved in moving that ecosystem forward and so we want to be able to track our graduates to go, how have you participated and contributed to this ecosystem on a long-term basis? So, so that we can document, well, what is the impact of turning um, these students into early stage investors and advocates for the entrepreneurs that they're investing in? You absolutely beat me to my next question of how do you measure success? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, and so we want to be able to measure our success by impact. Yeah. It, it, exactly, right? And so... 
you know, there is a trend uh, that we can see that um, our graduates are activating with 51, which is fantastic. It's like a, it's a natural kind of home to head to after you, mm-hmm. after you graduate. But the community is not discriminatory or elitist mm-hmm. or, or um, 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 exclusive in any way. So, you know, we have, uh, we have people joining our fund and taking the lab. We have people joining the lab and then joining our fund. We have those that are aspiring founders and aspiring investors in the community as a whole. So we're really looking at this long-term, Tyler. Um, when we created the 51, yes, we wanted to measure our impact in six months, in two years, in three years. Um, but we're really targeting long-term impact. Um, and so we have a broad ambition for what we can achieve by 2030. Capacity building overall for the ecosystem side by side with our capital activation products, our funds, um, is kind of what we've brought together. But we want to see um, our graduates from the lab join crowdfunding campaigns. Um, you know, there's a new, um, there's a new designation for uh, investors in this ecosystem called self-certified. Uh, it's a new classification from the Alberta Securities Commission as well as Saskatchewan. Um, you know, we want to be able to activate them as active participants in the ecosystem. So while we're doing capacity building and the 51 can be a natural destination, what we're witnessing, and I'm sure you are too, is there's much more innovation that's going on around all of us around how we activate our capital. We even say, like, start with your spending power as your capital, right? When you decide to walk into uh, a shop or to buy something online, you are investing in that company. And so your your consumer spending is investing just as much as, you know, putting money into a founder. It's a really nice way to put a whole different filter on our buying decisions, which sometimes can feel like a whim or emotional or sometimes just you get caught up in it versus being very, very deliberate about it. And this feels like a loaded question, but I'll ask it. I'd love to talk about purpose and the role it plays. So with some of these investors that you're seeing going through the program and what gets them excited and even the companies that you've invested in, especially at those early stages, how much does purpose play a role? And it, it feels like a loaded answer, but I'd love to hear your perspective of the companies they invested in versus maybe the companies that don't. How much does their deeper purpose or that higher order benefit really make a difference on where the dollars go? Yeah. Um, maybe I'll jump in and then I want to hear from Salima too, but I think, I think it's definitely plays a role in the work that we're doing. But I would not underestimate, um, you know, we are doing this to generate a return on our investment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 51 believes that all of these things can live together. You know, we can be impact investors, we can be purpose investors, um, we can be ESG investors, we can be DEI investors. uh, But ultimately, we're bringing all of those things together to create a product that's going to generate a financial return. So this isn't a charitable exercise. This isn't something nice that we're doing over there. Uh, We want to generate a return for our investors. Um, And so, again, I would just say we believe that purpose can sit side by side with generating a return. So, again, if we look at those that are activating in our fund, um, yes, there's a gendered lens, right, or a DEI lens. There's an ESG lens. 
um, there could be uh, an investment opportunity or a founder that's designing uh, a company that's very relevant to the business that they're in. Um, so there's a ton of affinity with that business model or that founder. But we bring all of those things together um, in our financial products or you know participation in our fund one, our fund two. We're raising a food and egg tech fund right now. So again, it's the same kind of thing. We're doubling down on that sector. And so what we're seeing is we're actually building another whole community around that fund. Those that are very interested and very compelled by investing in food and egg tech. Um, and so um, that's kind of, uh, that's what I would say is like, it's all together in a, in a product. And I think that that's what makes it so meaningful. Thank you. Yeah, I think I just want to quickly build on that um, just from, a, um, from our lab perspective. Um, so one of the, the modules includes a mini pitch application whereby we have founders come in and um, pitch their idea um, when, they're raising cap when they're raising their next series, for example. And most of them have been at the pre-seed stage. But the type of questions that uh, our participants have constantly asked about is, what are the returns? How long does it take in order for our returns to be met? Um, what is the business model behind it? We want to understand the revenue model. We want to be able to understand how we're going to value this company. So purpose is, um, uh, uh, like Shelley says, works alongside, but mm -hmm. the predominant factor is, is we are keen on being able to ensure that the returns and the profit as well as the growth aspect of whatever the business is, um, is are met and um, hopefully in some ways is sur surpassed. Um, and and an, adi an additional piece, um, just to add on to that, is the loss of opportunity that exists when a gender inclusive lens um, or an inclusive lens in general is not looked at. So I think everyone loves a McKinsey quote. Um, they're saying it's a trillion dollar opportunity not to support women economic development. So that is not mm -hmm. charity. That is the big T trillion. Um, so just to go back to purpose and your question, I think it does exist. It does work alongside, but our key motivator is uh, the investment perspective and the, the, the activation of that capital, Tyler. I really appreciate both your answers on that. It's so easy to get to overshine the purpose bucket or the purpose pillar. And you can't do much change in the world if you're not financially viable. So there has to be a balance. And I really appreciate the honesty in that. And I'm always curious of the role that plays. And it's such an easy tagline right now to all oh, purpose led and all these things are great, especially at early stages when maybe the financial model isn't as clear or that the product market fit or that the projections are a little bit like, hmm, you completely made these up. I'm like, yes, yes, we did. Based on some very sound beliefs on what's going to happen and our views of, of changing the world. No, I really appreciate both your answers on that. And I've always enjoyed the 51s. Your marketing, I think, is great. I've always been a big fan. As a marketer, I've always been a big fan of your brand and you've always underpinned it with very real numbers. It wasn't just a fluffy cause. It was like, no, no, here's the problem that we're solving and here's the financial benefit of solving it for everybody. And I think you guys have done a fantastic job. Totally. I it, completely agree. We, you know, we, we embarked on the 51 with data in hand, right? Um, <laughs> That's a nice way yeah, to say it. Absolutely. Uh, curious, this is going a little bit off script here, but I'm 
always curious to learn about the Yosef process. I've had people on the show that love it. I've had people that maybe have loved it less and we'll leave it at that. But you guys went down that road. You worked with Yosef. Obviously, it's a big part of our community and it's there to create this kind of change. How was that process? What was that like a little bit? I'm going to throw in this guy, you guys a little bit because when I saw that you've done the raise, uh, I think that was December that that was announced. I was just kind of curious, like, how did that go? How was the process of working with Yosef to secure funding for this type of project? Yeah, I'm getting smiles back from both of you. (laughs) um, Any grant funding process is tedious and requires Mm -hmm. the work. It's like when a founder is going to pitch in front of a VC, the the work that you have to put in in order to access that capital from the venture capital is a very similar similar concept and mindset that you need to have when you're um, accessing grant funding. Um, so yes, we did go in prepared. We had a we had a lot of support from the individuals of at OSIF, um, and it was a two way partnership and two way um, process mm-hmm. that way. Um, because it it is a, when 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 you're going in for grant funding, they are new ideas, and they are having to figure out how do we work with this new idea? How do we ensure that their dreams and their vision come true? We don't have any financial backing or any um, experience backing. So we had one cohort that had run by that point. Um, so they wanted to learn more. And we, um, and I, I um, do give a lot of props to Shelly for doing this, but we just kept um, giving them the information that we had, the vision that we had, what we wanted to build. And um, they've come through to, for us. and. Uh, it's truly a partnership with them, and we, we value the OSIF process and also value that partnership within them. I appreciate that. That was, great. That was a great answer. Salim is going to politics in the near future. That was very well handled. No. <laughs> that, was very well, that was very well handled. <laughs> oh, you got my vote already. <laughs> you know, um, we have to build a business case, right? So Correct. what is OSIF trying to achieve with their funding? And do we line up with their objectives? And, you know, it took us work to make sure um, that that was clearly being articulated. Like uh, Salima said, it was a new idea, right? Um, You know, we are constantly amazed um, how these statistics and the reality of the situation have to be recommunicated over and over again. You know, we still get questions like, well, what does a 51 mean? Well, it means women are 51% of the population, right? Um, So I think, you know, a big part of our role is doing awareness building around the reality of the situation and the current landscape and the opportunity. And we have to repeat those stories and that data and those statistics and the progress that we're making all the time. Um, and so, um, you know, that was really, that really played a huge role in, uh, building the business case for OSIF. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a process, um, and we survived and we got to the other side and like Salima said, you know, they're huge champions for us, which is great. I really like what you said. It's, it's, it's like the, it's like the artist who's been playing that, that the, everyone's favorite song for years and they're tired of playing it, but yet everybody still wants and maybe needs to hear it. When mm-hmm. you're doing messaging, just when you think you've had enough of the message is when your audience maybe is just starting to hear it. M- right. Maybe. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Keep saying it. Don't change. Don't go, Oh, we're going to do something completely new. You've not, you've not yet capitalized on the message that's there. I really, there's a lot of value in what you said. Exactly. Consistently reach in frequency. The rules of basic marketing yeah, communications exactly. are take way longer and are way deeper than you think think they're going to be as the person with the message. (laughs) 
Uh, tell me a little bit about the uh, the future. Like you mentioned, you've got another fund that you're that you're focusing on, which I'd heard about. What's the future of the of the the financial feminist the, the lab? Are we going to be getting founders in there as well as like give me a little bit whatever you can share. I'm happy to like I love I love letting people behind the curtain too on the show as much as I can. <laughs> Um, I'm smiling because yes, uh, <laughs> um, as much as we can share, we have um, expanded the program. So we are going to run. So when we take when, when we take the um, lab on the investment side of um, the learning, our plan is to expand it. Um, you know, partner up with other academic institutions, partner okay. up with other angel networks across the country in order to allow for there to be a unique um, and uh, a course that's demand, uh, that, does that does have demand in each of these big centers um, across the, the country in order okay. for them to learn about their e investment ecosystem. Because each ecosystem across um, Canada is different. And how do we mm. um, ensure that that uh, nuance of that particular city is met? So that's um, scaling on the um, investment side or the, the lab on the investing side. Um, our founder edition, we've just started working on the concept okay. around that. Awesome. There has been a lot of interest um, from the founders saying, we would love to be able to build this community. We would love to be able to access the same kind of program that we've got on the investor side, on the founder side. How do you assist us? And then I think it, it, it's, a, it's a good time for Shelley to also share about, yes, the fund, but also the 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 most recent event that we just had in uh, Banff called Her Story. So I, I, it kind of I all flows that, together, yeah. but uh, Shelley, do you want to speak a little bit about Her Story? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Her Story um, is another initiative. So um, as you know- You guys Tyler, have a lot of it. You have a lot of energy over have, there at the 51, We have a lot Shelley. of energy and we do a lot of things. I'm, I'm um, like, what are, what are these ladies up to now? I absolutely, because I follow you guys on social and you're always doing something. I love it. Yeah, exactly. But her story, um, again, um, you know, the idea and the concept is really rooted on data. Um, you know, one of the things that we've consistently heard from the founders in our community is, gosh, like the pitch process is so challenging, right? Like I've got to fit into this this box, I've got to do this specific process, um, and it really doesn't play to my strengths as a founder or an entrepreneur. And again, we stumbled upon research that says women do not thrive in a traditional pitch process. Um, they're not successful. Um, and they don't have great um, you know, success with that process, uh, again, in its traditional format. And so we reimagined and said, well, what if we created a different experience for women to be successful? And so we thought of a concept of storytelling versus pitching. Um, and so her story is this idea of uh, storytelling versus pitching. Um, you know, start with your own personal why. Uh, why does this company need to exist? Why are you the founder to bring this company to life? Why will you be successful? Why does it need to exist in the world? Um, and uh, we've run her story twice now. Uh, we just ran it in Banff two weeks ago, a week and a half ago. Um, and our community is really responding to it. Um, it's been a fantastic experience. Um, and again, what we want to be able to do is prove out that um, a different methodology side by side, with the existing methodology can be, can be just as successful or perhaps more successful um, when we look at those that we're trying to serve in our community. 
the stories and the founders that we heard on that Saturday were like unbelievable. Um, we had people listening uh, to her story. We did live streaming from all over the world. We have investors all over the world now pinging us going, how do I invest in these founders? So um, it was really reimagining what type of experience and setting and process could we come up with to, uh, to garner greater success uh, from pitching to accessing uh, capital. I really appreciate the, the, what, my own reading between the lines of, well, there's a very, there's a very like, tried and true pitch process. This is what we do and this is what we follow. As much as that's true, as much as there's a whole group that's really tired of that process as well. <laughs> you know, like I'm thinking about both sides of the audience, like the consumer and the customer or the vendor, however you want to play your terms, okay. the, the, the founder or the investor. If someone's been listening to pitches for the last five years, they're probably a little sick of the same model as well. And of course they're tuning out because they're just going to mm-hmm. wait for X slide. Mm-hmm. And by slide 10, you better have told me this. And by slide mm-hmm. 11, and then I'm out mm-hmm. or I'm in. <laughs> so to mm-hmm. hear that, you know, we all talk about storytelling and it's a nice thing to throw around in marketing, but being very deliberate about it mm-hmm. and the why and getting to that, I think that's really interesting because for, for, yeah, for everyone who's happy with the process, there's three other people that are like, oh, I'm so tired of this. Could someone to give me something fresh to listen to? Yeah, <laughs> so no, I do I appreciate that. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we're you very know, cool. Yeah, we're reinventing. Um, but I mean, her story is just <laughs> you know another way to uh, to be part of the fifty one. Um, and like I said at the beginning, anybody can be part of the fifty one, right? So, you know, we have our broad community of more than nineteen thousand now. Um, we have a financial feminist membership, uh, which enables you for $51 a year to participate in our financial feminist community, where you get financial feminism uh, programming um, every month. Uh, we bring in a new guest speaker to talk about something financial. It's been uh, a, fine, uh, a fantastic uh, experience for our community members. Um, and again, you know, we're really trying to make it accessible. And on that, uh, we get donations for memberships, of our financial feminist membership. Um, and we, uh, we give them to those that wouldn't be able to afford $51 a year. So again, we continue awesome. to try to democratize participation. Uh, anybody can follow us on social media. They can buy uh, a membership. They can join our investor community. Uh, we have a couple of options there. Um, and now we're raising uh, two funds, Fund 2, which is a sector agnostic fund. Again, very accessible, very democratized. It's a three-year subscription fund. And we're raising our food and ag tech fund with some of our uh, institutional allies, which is awesome. So, I mean, the community just keeps growing and growing. And then uh, you can join the lab. Um, so there's many ways. We have covered all, part- the, all yeah, the exits and exactly. entrances are covered by the 51. Exactly. So, again, you know, um, join us. Um, everyone is welcome. You know, we're built you know, by women for everyone. Uh, That's what we say, you know, our capital is 90% women's capital, but uh, with our institutional fund, um, with our food and ag tech fund, which is largely institutional dollars, we're getting institutions um, signing up for the mission as well. Oh, which I like that even more. I'm going to have to ask you a question though, because this, I'm starting to find this slightly laughable. I think I saw you on a panel at Inventures where three of you were all doing fun too. <laughs> I know. The lack of creativity in the fun I naming, know. I think, is staggering. <laughs> I know, exactly, right? And as a, as a marketer, I took that to heart. I was like, wow, <laughs> we're all raising our fun too. But yeah, I think the reason... <laughs> You know, the reason why, uh, you know, we call it fun too is because it's not 
it's not married to a specific sector, right? Yeah, We're trying no, it, to be it, really it makes sense. I'm just starting to find it humorous as it. I just that panel. You're all like, so you're fun too, and my fun too, and you all looked at each other, and it just it just was a moment of like, well, it is what it is. <laughs> I got a kick out of it. As a marketer, we sometimes like to overname things when it's even not necessary. Leave it to a group of marketers to to do come up with some made up words, right? Come on. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Hey, one question I didn't ask, and I love to get into the minutia. What what's the cost for the eight weeks if I wanted to sign up to take this program? What is it actually going to cost me? Yeah, Um, under a thousand dollars, so nine ninety five. It's, a nice, uh, very good pricing strategy. I like the under of courses I can take for under a thousand, please, Alex. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's fabulous. Mm. Yeah, and the next cohort is actually running um, starting in October of 2022. So for eight okay. weeks. So you guys are October. taking up, like it's, it's open now, like people could sign up if they Correct. wanted to. Yeah, it's Excellent. open now. Um, you have to just sign your name on up on a wait list. And um, yeah, it starts October and then um, goes until beginning of December. So, yeah, we're excited about the next uh, cohort that's going to run. Well, you, I love what you guys are doing. I love the transparency, how clear and crisp and convicted you are in the, in the message that you put out there. And as a marketer, since that seems to be a little bit of an undertone theme here today, the ability to communicate that message clearly and succinctly and then over and over and over at nauseum, I think is incredibly important. And by the size of like, so 19,000, you guys started in 2019. So is... Okay, and I'm looking at the graph. Is it just hockey stick to the right in terms of your community growth? Like, is it slowing down? I know that's a weird question. Or is its own size starting to give it even more momentum, which is what I'm imagining is happening? <laughs> yeah, no, I would say the, the momentum is just growing. Uh, and, you know, if we go back to, you know, the marketer uh, slant here, you know, we just have extraordinary product market fit. Um, yeah. And, you know, the 51 itself is an entrepreneurial organization, likewise for Movement 51. And we're like, okay, finally got a product whose time has come right and as a founder and an entrepreneur we're like oh my gosh this is like the best right but it's also (laughs) very overwhelming right uh you know we have a ton of demand um you know we need to grow our team so uh, again there's another way to get involved in the 51 reach out to us you know tell us what you can do uh for the 51 what role you'd like to play we'd love to hear from you um and so we're just trying to keep up with with market demand on both sides I love success problems. They can still be challenging, but they're still success problems versus failure problems. And if, if we're going with the marketing theme, then instead of momentum, we'll say the movement is just growing. Oh, oh yeah. perfect. Yeah. Just a drum a roll nice at the one. end. Mic drop. <laughs> nice Boom, mic drop or headphone <laughs> drop, drop onto the we're desk. <laughs> Shelley Slima, thank you so much. The51.com. You guys have a great website. I've always been a fan of you. You have so much information out there and so many ways to get involved. I don't I think we could do it. We could do a journey map just of all the ways, which I'm sure you have, of how someone can get involved and be part of this movement that's happening across the nation and across the world. And of course, right here in Calgary, which I've got some real pride in my in my back pocket on the fact that you guys are based here. But it is a global opportunity and uh, you guys are taking advantage of that. So thank you both for coming on the show. Another amazing conversation. And I will say this boldly. I look forward to having you both on again sometime soon. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Tyler.